Hey, what's going on, Core Church? We are in week two of our series called Keep Going. Last week, we kicked off with the fact that on this journey, on this faith journey, it is a marathon and there might be moments where you want to stop. There might be moments where you feel stagnant or stale, but we have to keep going. And so I wanted to share this scripture with you. This is the core scripture that we're going to be using throughout the whole entire series. And it starts with this, 1 Corinthians 9. It says it like this in the message version. Paul writes, you've all been to a stadium and you've seen the athletes run. Everyone runs, but one wins. Run to win. I love that. All good athletes, they train hard. They do it for the gold medal that tarnishes and fades. But you are after one uh, that's gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. Preach, Paul. Come on. Um, I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping telling everyone else about it and then missing out myself. Last week, and, and this is kind of the, the whole point of this series, is that the only way to win the race, if you've given your life to Christ, there you are now on this race, this marathon, the only way to win the race is to keep going. There might be moments where you feel like giving up. There might be moments where you're tired. There might be moments where you're discouraged, but keep pushing with him. Keep going with him. And I'm telling you, it's going to be an amazing journey where you can reach the finish line. And in regards to the finish line, and I kind of wanted to shift it up a little bit. Last week, we talked about what happens if we're struggling or what happens if we're stagnant. But this week, I wanted to talk about the fact that you can reach the finish line full of life. We don't have to just barely make it to the finish line, but we can cross it full of life. Someone say full of life. We can cross it full of life. I want to ask you a question. If you've ever ran a race before, uh, we used to do this when we were kids. I had a friends on the street and we would run telephone to telephone pole. And what happens at the end of the race? You're huffing and puffing. You're breathing heavy. You're tired. You're slouched over. You just gave it everything you've got. What if, what if our faith life is not meant to be this exhausting, I'm burnt out, I don't want to keep going on type of race, but what if you could cross the line and still have some breath in your lungs? What if you could cross the line and still have this vigor and this vibrance about you that is so powerful? I don't believe that you just barely cross the finish line. I believe that you and I can cross the finish line full of life. Amen? Amen. So I wanted to share a story with you. Uh, we go into this summer and, and unfortunately, uh, due to COVID and everything, 19, we're missing all, out on one of the biggest events for my year, which is Appalachia. Uh, my, my parents uh, created this organization, this nonprofit called 2028 Missions Group, and uh, they're committed to going down to West Virginia, Mullins, West Virginia, to a town that was hit by a natural disaster. Uh, a big flood came in a couple years ago and literally ruined everything. And, and this town doesn't have a lot of uh, financial support. They don't have the means to necessarily fix the homes themselves. Uh, people who were young enough to get out of there left and to go and find new jobs and a new economy and those who couldn't stayed there. So they're living in not good conditions. And so we've committed to go down there every summer. And like I said, this summer we couldn't do it, which is a big bummer, but um, we committed to go down there. And every year there's so much prep work. There's a lot of pre-trip work that goes into this passionate, crazy week of serving, okay? And so there's so much work months ahead of time. And then we get there for a week, starting on Sunday and ending on Friday. And it is just so intense. 
It's crazy. There's a lot of work. Everyone's pulled out of their comfort zone. We're doing things that we don't normally do every day. People are giving up of their time. Uh, they're giving up from like they're taking a week off of their jobs and their income. And so this is a huge sacrifice for a lot of people. And it's exhausting. And it's work. And it's tiring. And and yes, it's stuff that I'm not used to. I don't like to sweat. So like this is a big deal to me. Okay. And so it is a tough, tough sacrifice. And yet, in the midst of all the preparation, in the midst of all the work that's being done, in the midst of the nights where we go and do worship and praise and we, we, we preach and we have all these games, we can be so exhausted. And yet, at the same time, and I think I can confidently speak for everyone who's ever attended, we are so exhausted and at the same time, we are so full of life. How is it? How is it that we can survive an exhausting week? We can go through an exhausting week and it can actually inspire so much life in us, in me. How is it that I go down there, I give of everything I got, I'm out of my comfort zone, it's like 24-7 work, okay? And how is it that at the end of it, I don't just pass out and die out, I'm actually full of life. I come back, I'm rejuvenated, I'm stronger, I'm better, I feel inspired for my journey. How is it that an exhausting week can actually inspire so much life? And I think that that's so important for us to understand in regards to the race that we're in, that you can actually cross the finish line. Yes, it is still a race. Yes, there is work. Yes, it is exhausting, but we can cross it with so much life. How can I cross the finish line full of life? Um, and so I wanted to use an example today. Uh, yes, I brought in a flower. This is Becca Dietrich's flower. Huge shout out to Becca, who apparently doesn't know how to care for flowers. Yay. So we have a dead flower here, <laughs> but I, it's, it's still important for us to understand the visual representation of what we're going to be talking about today. Perhaps on our faith journey, the way that we live it, it not only serves others, it not only builds the kingdom, it not only glorifies God, but it grows and matures us as well. And so I wanted to talk about how we can reach the finish line with all life and full breath and all that type of stuff. We're going to be taking a look at James chapter 2. I want to encourage you, get out your Bible because we're going to be reading a good portion of this. So track along, get out your Bible, take some notes. I believe that in understanding James chapter 2, a chapter that can actually bring about a lot of questions and can be a little bit complicated for us to understand, I believe we're going to be jumping into that and getting some good revelation from him today. Amen? Um, so we're going to jump into this. Perhaps the way that we live out our life can actually build and, and grow and mature us. James puts it like this, and this is the conversation of faith and works. Faith and works, okay? James says it like this. What good is it, brothers, uh, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save him? Someone say save. Can such a faith save him? Okay? And so this is a good question. Can such a faith save him? Faith without works. This is the lifelong Christian debate. Is it works that saves me or is it faith that saves me? Is it me being perfect or is it simply just faith in Christ? And so here he's saying, can such a faith like this without works save you? It's a perfectly good question. Uh, I preached last week and I shared this scripture with you. This is in Ephesians chapter 2. And so Paul says it this way. So we got James talking and Paul talking, okay? Paul says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift from God, not by works. Okay, so faith versus works. Okay, not by works so that no one can boast. 
These are two similar statements. They're hard to understand and they're both talking about works and yet faith and saved at the same time. And so let me talk through this before we jump into the analogy with the plant. Let me talk through this and give some clarity. I believe what Paul says, and I think that we can find some understanding into what James is saying, okay? It is through faith that you are saved, okay? To make it very plain and simple, when you give your life to Jesus, you would say, hey, God, I believe that you died and rose again for me. You gave your life so that I could be forgiven. I turned from my old ways, and I'm chasing after you. If you were to pray that prayer, and if you were to say that with your whole heart, you are saved. And then what ends up happening is that after you find and begin that relationship with Christ, you are prompted, you are spurred to work for him. So I want you to write this down. If you're taking notes, this is so good for us to understand. A life with Christ, a faith life with Christ is going to spur or is going to spur us to work for Christ. Let me say that again. A life with him is going to spur us to work for him. Okay. And so that's what James is essentially saying here is, yeah, how can you have faith without deeds? This statement is true that a life with him is going to spur you to work for him. Amen. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense to you that it is through faith that you are saved. And at that moment, we are spurred to work, to build, to give of ourselves, to sacrifice for the good of the kingdom, to glorify God and to build others. And so that's where this conversation is coming from, that works and deeds would actually be an overflow of your faith in Christ. So a life with Christ is going to spur us to work for Christ, okay? So here's why I brought the plan out. Let's call the flower our faith. And the way that a flower lives is by being fed with water. I don't have water. I didn't want to spill it on my computer and Bible. Yes, you get it, okay? Um, but essentially, we have this flower, which is faith, and the water is our deeds. It is our works. It goes hand in hand with creating a vibrant life for this flower, okay? So let's start again. James chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. So we have faith which is this flower, and if it is not fed well, which is by action, it is dead. And so we see this with this beautiful, or what was a beautiful plant, uh, we see that it has not been nurtured, okay? It has not been cared for, it has not been fed. And so what James is saying here, in regards to your faith life, that you have to feed your faith life. I want you to write this down. This is so important for you to understand. It's not saying that the flowers are removed. It's saying that the flowers die. It's not that your faith is gone forever if you don't do works. It's saying that the flowers die and they're not as vibrant as that they were designed to be. So get that really clear is that it's not that these are gone and your faith is ruined. No, no, no. It's that your faith is dead and wilting and it is falling apart when you are not nourishing the plant. Does that make sense? I hope you guys are understanding that um, it says this in the same way, faith by itself, it is, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. And so essentially faith without water 
is going to fall apart. I don't want a dead faith life for you. I don't want a dead faith life for me. I think it's so important to cross the finish line full of life. And so that means that we have to accompany our faith with some works. We have to accompany it with generosity, with worship, with giving, with sacrifice, with serving. That is how to have a beautiful, vibrant faith life is by nourishing it and giving it water. So faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. The faith dies as it is not accompanied by the works. We'll go on to verse 18. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. No, deeds alone is not it, okay? You have faith paired with deeds. That's the point. So, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. And he keeps on going, show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by what I do. This again goes back to the point, a life with Christ is going to spur us to work for him. He is essentially saying that you will see the beauty of this faith life by the water that's put in it and it will flourish. You will see it. You will see, you will visibly be able to see my faith life by what I do. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even demons believe that and shudder. That's a whole different sermon for a different day. Okay. Um, You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? It goes on. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. Say working together. His faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. I love that word complete. That's so powerful. His faith, the flower, and the water were working together and they made complete. They were made complete by what he did. Perhaps the works complete the faith, making it full and vibrant. And in kind of opposition to what we talked about, faith without works is dead. Faith with works creates a beautiful flower. When we we partner this beautiful flower, it has all the ability, it has all the potential to be perfect and beautiful and decadent, but partner it with water and nutrients, the works that we are called to do, it is gonna become vibrant and full of life. It is gonna become a beautiful flower that it was meant to be. I hope you guys are understanding that faith with works is gonna create a beautiful journey for all of us. So the works complete the faith, making it full and vibrant. Let me read that last sentence again. You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete. Someone say complete by what he did. I love that. I love that, that the faith and the works were partnered together to make a complete and beautiful picture, uh, to make a complete and beautiful flower. And it goes on. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. I will say this, if we want a faith life, we have to partner it with works. We have to pair it with works that you can get to the end of your race full of life, full of breath. If you can partner it with works, if you can do the things that God is calling you to do, it will create an endurance and a strength and a vibrance to your life that will help you cross the finish line full full of life. And so uh, thank you, Flower, for helping in our display, but we'll put you over there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But listen, understand, again, that faith, the works complete the faith, making the flower a beautiful, vibrant flower. You, you and me, we can have more life at the end of our race. 
We can start this journey with Christ. We can continue on. We can go and, and actually run a race that is full of breath and vibrance. And I want that for you and I want that for me. And so how, how can, in a season like this with COVID-19, how can we live that out? What does it look like? Because a lot has changed for you and me. A lot looks different. I mean, um, hopefully soon enough we'll be able to meet again and we can kind of get things back to normal, whatever normal looks like. But um, how can we do these things? How can we partner our faith with works in a season like this to continue to grow a vibrant life, to finish the race full of breath? And I just have three practical things. We talked about some things last week, but how can you walk and, and, and do the race with a vibrant life? Uh, I, I want to say this, live a life of worship. Worship is not just singing and praising. It is an attitude that everything that you do glorifies God. That it is not about me, but it is pointing to the magnificence, the amazingness, the awesomeness of God. And that is whether you're doing dishes, whether you're singing a song on stage, whether you're working uh, at your job, whether it is you're changing a tire. I don't know what it is you're doing, but everything can glorify God. And when we have that mentality, everything that we do is pouring into our pot. And so I want to share this with you. Uh, Colossians 3 says it like this, whatever you do. Work at it with all your heart, Paul writes, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know you will receive inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Okay, so live a life of worship. Glorify God in everything that you do as if working for the Lord. Everything that you touch, whether it's doing laundry or, or literally balancing a budget sheet for your work, whatever it is that you're doing, Glorify God and give thanks to him. He is going to do some amazing things if you have the, the mindset of serving him throughout whatever it is that you're doing. So live a life of worship in, in various ways that we can do that through COVID-19 and what our situation is. Prioritize living a life of worship, glorifying God in everything you do. Second thing I want to say, how do you have more life at the end of your race? I think that you have to give generously. Now listen, giving is not just money. It's giving of your time. It's giving of your finances. It's giving of your gifts and your talents, okay? And so I think there's so many wonderful ways to give generously to people in a season like this. Yes, you can financially help some organizations so that food can be distributed, so that people can receive aid, whatever it is that you feel. You can give to the church. You can go and give to a friend. You can buy groceries for a loved one. You can go and surprise a friend with an Amazon gift card because they deliver right to your door. Whatever it is, you can give so much to people. And I know, and I've never found someone in my entire life who is generous and angry or mad or upset with life at the same time. Pretty much everyone who's giving and generous really has this supernatural joy about them. And that's proof. Second Corinthians 9 puts it like this. This is Paul writing. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he or she has decided in his heart, uh, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. There's something about what happens to our life when we give Man, it, it brings a joy, it brings a passion, it brings our heart to life when we give. And so I wanna ask you today, how can you get creative and give in a season like this with COVID? And the last thing I wanna say, how can you get to the end of your race full of life in a season like this? Man, I wanna encourage you to serve constantly. Um, I saw a picture today on social media of someone who literally brought food, they went and they made a dinner and just dropped it off at a friend's door. They served their family by creating a whole dinner for their family. Like how simple 
how how unique and and it's like they still stayed within the limits and they still honored you know what the government is saying and yet they went and served a, a family and i think that this is really important that your life is so much stronger your life is edified you have more breath in your lungs when you serve constantly we talked about it last week that we have to be careful. We want to avoid burnout and we want to make sure that we're doing it healthily. But serving is now a part of our DNA. What did I say earlier? I said a life with Christ is going to spur us to work for Christ. And so we are going to serve constantly. I love the way that it's placed or, or the way that it's worded in Romans chapter 12. It says this, never be lacking in zeal. Zeal is another word for vibrance passion, excitement, right? Never be lacking in zeal, but keep up your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I love that. I love that. The, your spiritual fervor, the life of your plant, the, the, the vibrance of your plant is tied to serving the Lord. Serving is you doing and pouring the water into the plant. And so I want to encourage you today if you want to get to your finish line full of life, can you find some creative ways to serve people around you, to serve your family, to serve your church, to serve your community, whatever it is, get creative, sit down with one another and come up with a way that we can serve together. Ultimately, I want you to get to the end of your race full of life. I don't believe that we need to be huffing and puffing at the end. I don't believe that we need to be miserable at the end of our race, but with Christ, with faith partnered with our works, that we can get to the end of our race full of life. Someone say full of life. We don't have to just barely make it. This is the bottom line today. We don't have to just barely make it to the finish line. We can cross it full of life. I hope that this blesses you today. I hope that you're encouraged to go and to invest in other people and yet at the same time to pour life into who you are. I believe that when we partner faith and works together that our life will be vibrant, full of life. It will be full of joy. It will be full of peace. It will be so incredible as we continue to pour into our life. Um, I want to encourage you today to jump into some worship. Find a song that uh, you and your spouse or your home, uh, a song that just floods your heart with passion. Worship. Give together. Let's give together. Give to the church. Give wherever. Give to an organization. Practice generosity. And I just want to encourage you today uh, to pray about ways that you can partner your faith in a season like this with the works that you can do in a season like this. And I know that when we do so, not just in a time like COVID, but for the rest of our course, that our faith life is going to be full of breath and life. I hope this encourages you. Keep running your race. Keep going, church. We'll see you next week.